Welcome back to the podcast that appreciates Davis Mills, special teams, and kickers. This is Rough in the Basket. Uh, and I am Noah, and this is my co-host, Brendan Carr. We always got to start it off hot here, but uh, how are you doing, Carr? How's, how's everything? What an intro. Wow. The podcast that appreciates, what you say, Davis Mills, kickers, and special teams? Yeah, I think that may be the most random, <laughs> random thing I've ever heard a podcast start with, to be honest. But I, I saw you acquired. Going... I saw you acquired Davis Mills in our dynasty league. So I, I did, man. I, I, I really believe in him, man. I'm all in on Davis Mills now. So you got in his rookie card too, I hear, right? Dude, I already bought it, bro. It's literally <laughs> for me at my house. I'm serious, bro. Like I, I ordered it. Uh, I think it was like. It was forty bucks. It was just an autograph one. So there you go. I was like, you know something? Hey, he might he might be the next Kirk Cousins. I could see it. So hey, you gotta you know buy low. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to get into the in today's episode. We'll talk about the NFL head coaching hirings that have been going on since the last time we recorded. Uh, we have obviously the Super Bowl has been set up. Without further ado, let's get right into it. So we're actually just going to start off with the head coaching hires. Is there there is some that I have some very very strong opinions on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm just going to start out by saying the vast majority of them I did not like. Granted, a lot of these guys are lesser known, so they might be able to prove me wrong. Like Dan Campbell has so far. I actually I think that was my least favorite hire last year. And at this point, it's looking like one of the better better hires, despite the the Detroit Lions' terrible record this year. Yeah, but uh. So I actually want to hear from you, Carl. Which one at this point, because there's been about six head coaches that have been hired. What head coaching hire would you say is the worst out of all of them? Ooh. Um, for me, I think I think the worst one that I've seen so far, I know some people might not like this one, but Josh McDaniels, I don't completely hate Josh McDaniels. I think he's actually a, a very valuable piece to the Patriots. But what you kind of saw from the Raiders players, they really liked Rich Bisakia, right? They're the interim head coach that they had last year. I think a lot of players kind of gravitated towards him because, you know, they kind of looked up to him. I heard, uh, I believe it might have been Nate Hobbs, the rookie defensive back for the Raiders, kind of say like, oh, he was a father figure to me. I know the Raiders kind of like really hyped him up. Uh, you know, the players really liked him, went, got behind him. So I feel like that he could have possibly gotten rehired, but they went with Josh McDaniels. And I guess I don't completely hate any of the head coaching hires that have been made, but I'm a little skeptical on Josh McDaniels. Being a Patriots fan, I think he's a great offensive coordinator, and I think he's done a great job with Mac Jones. He got a lot of great years from Tom Brady as well, but – what we saw from his last head coaching stint was atrocious with the Denver Broncos. Remember, he drafted Tim Tebow in the first round. Uh, there was some videotaping scandals of him videotaping other teams' practices. I believe that was a thing. Um, and, you know, Josh McDaniels, I know he said that he's gotten a little bit better um, as time goes on without him being a head coach, but you just got to be a little skeptical, uh, especially with the Raiders players and how they reacted to Rich Bisakia being gone now and then bringing in Josh McDaniels. I don't know if it's – I mean, he's going to have to try or first win in the locker room over because when you have a head coach who gets – pretty much loves by all the players and Rich Bisakia, you kind of push him off to the side and you don't bring him back. And it, it sometimes it, it, it'll take a while to kind of gain the trust and gain the respect of those players. But 
would say Josh McDaniels and another one, if I were to say another one, is Matt Eberflus. Uh, he was the hire that the Chicago Bears made. I think Eberflus, look, he's done a great – I think he's done a solid job with the Colts' defense. And you have to understand the Colts' defense, they have a couple of good pieces, like Darius Leonard is really good, but I think Eberflus kind of helped him out in his development. Uh, I remember Xavier Rhodes having a really good season, I believe, two years ago where a lot of people kind of thought he was washed, but then he came to the Colts and had a really good season for himself. Uh, But so Iberflus has done a good job. I just think for the Chicago Bears, I think they need an offensive mind. Now, I'm not sure if the Bears have hired an offensive coordinator yet, but I think that's going to be a huge, huge part to this this hiring of them making uh, Iberflus their head coach because – as you know, the Chicago Bears offense was awful last year. And I think Justin Fields just did not benefit from having a really bad offensive line. You kind of had Allen Robinson have a really awful year last year. And then you kind of just saw the Bears passing game being really bad. I think Justin Fields had like the worst EPA out of all quarterbacks last year. So it wasn't a great uh, offensive showing for the Bears. So I would have liked for them to hire an offensive mind, but I think Iberflus is, he's a little, you know, he's a little unknown. Like I said, he's done a good job with the Colts defense. They've been a solid unit for the time being, but it's definitely something where if you're a Bears fan, you kind of hope that they get, they hire the right offensive guy to kind of develop Justin Fields. And listen, Teams have hired defensive, you know, defensive-minded guys and have had good offenses, but I think a big factor of that is going to be who they put as who or who Iberfus gets as his offensive coordinator. I'm not sure if they've hired one already. Correct me if I'm wrong, Noah, but I did not see that. So it's that's going to be a definitely a big factor when it comes to how good this hire ends up being. But if I would have had to pick two, it would be McDaniels and would have to be Iberfus but I don't completely hate all the hires that have been made so far. So I definitely do not like some of these hires at all. Like you brought up the Raiders and I just don't know how many failed attempts it's going to take from the trying to emulate and and trying to rob the, the new England Patriots style of football and their operations, their day-to-day operations until teams finally realize that it's just not going to work hiring Patriots head coaches, uh, Patriots defensive coordinators, um, special teams coordinators, uh, people in the front office. It just doesn't work out or very, very seldom works out. There's so many examples of uh, Bill Belichick's, his, uh, you know, disciples, you can call them, or head coaches, guys who were hired from the Patriots that became head coaches that failed. And most recently, you had the, the two people in, in Detroit, you know, I know that had uh, firsthand experience. And it did not end up well there. So, you know, to see them do it with the Raiders, the Raiders doing this now with Dave Ziegler, who also had a role with the New England Patriots for quite a long time. And then they, they try to bring in Josh McDaniels as well. I think this is not going to work out well for them at all. And I do believe it's going to be an absolute failure. They, they should have retained Rick Pisakia. I think it's a shame they didn't at least put him in as some kind of a special coordinator. I, I don't know what you could do with him, really, or an assistant to the head coach, something like that. I mean, when he formed those types of bonds with the players, like that, that goes a long way. I think we've seen this so many times where when guys win the locker room, 
it doesn't really matter if they have talent or not. I mean, teams, they're going to fight to the very end. Like we saw that with Campbell and with Detroit, you know, he, the, the Detroit Lions probably in terms of talent should not have won a game this year. And they ended up going, I believe three, three and one, their final seven games, if I'm not mistaken. So with that being said, I mean, they, they showed they had potential with Dan Campbell and I believe that shows that if you just have the locker room under your control, like that, that has a, a big impact on the field with the players. So with that being said, I think it's a shame that they got rid of their head coach, their interim head coach. And when you go from mentioning candidates, like uh, mentioning Jim Harbaugh, mentioning, you know, a bunch of these high top rated guys, and then you bring in Josh McDaniels, it's definitely not impressive at all for me. Another guy I really didn't like, is the Bears hire. You know, I'm really not a fan of that hire at all. Um, The Green Bay Packers, their defense wasn't bad. No debating that, but it wasn't great either. They weren't a top eight, 10 defense, in my opinion. The stats will show that as well in a lot of categories. And when you have Justin Fields, as you mentioned, you need to bring in a guy that is offensive minded to be able to help him out. And I think they failed to do that. And that's definitely why I do not feel impressed at all by that hire um so yeah I just looked it up they did hire an offensive coordinator his name is Luke Getze and he was actually the Packers quarterback coach last year so you take a guy from a division rival who worked pretty closely obviously with Aaron Rodgers and what I'm reading is Aaron Rodgers actually fought for him to stay so I think that was it seems like to me that that was a really good hire for the Chicago Bears and it seems like you know, Eberflus, like we said, I think he's done a solid job with the Colts defense, and I think he'll get the most out of that Bears defense. I'll be really interested to see how he uh, develops Roquan Smith because he did a lot of great things with uh, Darius Leonard over there in Indianapolis. So I feel like Roquan Smith could be in for a big season. But, I mean, they just hired a guy, you know, who works with Aaron Rodgers. It's a division rival uh, quarterbacks coach. Now you bring him in as your O.C., what can he do now with Justin Fields? That's going to be the biggest thing because, like I said earlier, this Bears offense was really awful, especially the Bears passing game. They were just one of the worst teams in the NFL. You know, Justin Fields, like I said, had one of the lowest EPAs in the NFL for a quarterback. Uh, the red zone offense was not great. It was just a, It was just a mess, and I just think that hopefully this Luke Getze guy – who Aaron Rodgers, like I said, was fighting for, kind of gets the job done, and he can be a big factor in the development of Justin Fields because that's kind of like the biggest thing right now for the Bears. They need to get somebody in there who can develop this quarterback because I think Justin Fields, if you watch the tape, there wasn't that many clean pockets. He actually made quite a few you know, throws where you're like, okay, that's the Justin Fields we saw at Ohio State there's the potential that this kid has right there. He's making some of these types of throws, but you just kind of get it. You just kind of have to get that guy in there who can work with him and kind of clean up some of the things that he needs to work on. And hopefully the bears kind of, you know, build up an offensive line through free agency, through the draft and protect their young quarterback and give him time to operate. Because if you could do that, then he's going to be fantastic. It's hard when you're a rookie and you don't really have an offensive line to work with. So I also want to bring up another guy that at first I felt really impressed by this hire, but 
but the more and more that I've looked into his overall record being a head coach or being a offensive coordinator, I should say, um, he hasn't really had success prior to the Bills, and that's Brian DeBall. He obviously got hired by the Giants, and he was actually the offensive coordinator for Cleveland Browns 2009-2010, Miami Dolphins in 2011, and Kansas City Chiefs in 2012. And uh, those are three very, very short stints in a four-year period. And the mm-hmm. reason being is all four, uh, four years that he was an offensive coordinator there, those offenses were horrific. Uh, and obviously, he's had success with the Bills, no denying that at all. But I will say that the Giants have not had success on offense the last few years, as we can see with with uh, Daniel Jones and the, I mean, an article came out this week that uh, that was affirming that he's actually going to be the starter this yep. this upcoming season, which I'm not too sure I buy at this point. I think that might just be them trying to silence the media. I mean, if they're really planning on going with Daniel Jones again and trying to get Brian DeBall to get the best out of him, I just don't don't see that happening at this point. But I, I do like the approach that you're bringing in a guy who obviously has had success with one team, but I just question now that he has all that power and he didn't have success in his three other jobs previously, I question how that hire is going to work out. Hey, that's a, that's a fair, I think that's a fair um, criticism of Brian Dable, but I think what we saw him do with Josh Allen, I think is really impressive. I mean, you got to think about this. When Josh Allen came out of Wyoming, he was one of the more raw prospects in the NFL. There was a lot of question marks surrounding him. Uh, obviously, he had the t- the physical tools coming out, but he really never put it all together. And you can kind of see, like, you look at Josh Allen in college and you kind of look at Josh Allen now, you can see how some of his mechanics have changed. And I think that's a, a big thing is Brian Dable working very closely with him. Well, Brian Dable had some bad, some bad seasons. I mean, you have to think about who his quarterbacks were. I think he might have had like, uh, like Brandon Whedon might have been his starting quarterback at one point if he worked with the Browns. Uh, Brady Quinn or Brady, Brady Quinn uh, for the Chiefs, yeah. Brady Quinn, yeah. So I mean, there hasn't been like, he's not working with like a lot right there. So I kind of, I guess I kind of don't blame him completely because those are guys that are kind of washed up NFL players. But you also have to remember, Brian Dable is a th- this guy has been with the Patriots under Bill Belichick. He, I believe, was a wide receivers head coach at one point. Uh, he was, I believe, the Patriots tight ends coach for a few years. He was actually with, at Alabama. He was Alabama's offensive coordinator when uh, I believe that was the year where Tua might have won the national championship game with Jalen Hurts. I believe um, so obviously having success having some success within the Patriots Bill Belichick coaching tree and with the Nick Saban coach uh, head coaching tree in uh, Alabama says a lot about a guy and Bill Belichick I think see views Brian Dable in a high way and you can just kind of our higher standard but you can just kind of see you know the development of Josh Allen I think Brian Dable deserves a lot of credit for that kind of helping out with his mechanics, his throwing mechanics, his footwork, uh, all of that type of stuff. So I think Brian Dable kind of coming in here to the Giants, I think he was due a head coaching job eventually. And look, I I understand they're going to be bringing back Daniel Jones. I'm not too sure about that. I don't know if that's kind of smoke right now because the Giants do have two first round picks within, within the top 10. 
if there's a quarterback there they like, if it's a Matt Corral, if it's a Kenny Pickett, if it's a Malik Willis, whoever it may be, I think they may be tempted to go in that route. They could sign an, a, a, a good backup quarterback to kind of have some competition with Daniel Jones. I believe I did see something about that, that they want to get some competition in there for Daniel Jones to make him earn that starting job. But I think Brian Dable has been is a good hire. Um, I think, you know, what he's done with Josh Allen, especially, that's the biggest thing. Kind of making a guy who was just so such a raw prospect into a top five NFL quarterback right now is is very impressive. And I understand Brian Dable's first stints as offensive coordinator for some of his other teams were bad, but you can also get you can also improve, you know, that that could be the argument made for Josh McDaniels. You know, his first head coaching gig wasn't great, but he's had time to think about it, had time to learn from his mistakes and you know, he can end up being good with the Raiders. So it could be the same thing for Brian Dable. And I do think that he was a good hire. And I think he was one of the hottest names on the market. Even last year as well, he did, he ended up staying with Buffalo. Nobody gave him a job, but gets his opportunity with the Giants. And it should be very exciting to see what he gets out of this Giants offense, who was really putrid. Kenny Galladay didn't have a touchdown. Uh, I believe Kadarius Tony might have not had a touchdown last season. There was just a lot of players who just – disappointed on this Giants offense and they have talent there so just getting an offensive mind in there and Brian Dable I do think that he can get more out of this Giants offense than they've been accustomed to in the past couple of years yeah that's definitely a fair point like when I look back again at those rosters and who he was dealing with he had Brady Quinn twice uh one time with the Browns and then another time with the Chiefs Fun fact there. And then uh, the second year he had, he was working with a crew of Seneca Wallace, Jake Delhomme, and uh, who was the other guy? Colt McCoy. Yeah. So you definitely have some, some points there. Um, now I will say it is very impressive what he's done with the Bills. I mean, to take Josh Allen, who was very raw coming into the NFL, I did see a lot of talent there, but he did not have his first 300 yard passing game until his third season. I think a lot of people forget this. He was very dynamic. He, he was a lot more athletic than I think anybody thought coming out of the draft, but he wasn't, he wasn't really using his passing as effectively and as accurately as um, people may have expected. So mm -hmm. to, to put him, I, I wouldn't really say that after two years, he was on a bus traje tra trajectory, but I would say that he wasn't exactly on a superstar trajectory. And just to see his, his progress over the last two years, I think people have completely forgotten about the, the first few years of his career, his first season where he had 10 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and his second where, I mean, he threw like a four-interception game against the Patriots, and he kind of started to turn things around after that. But, um, yeah, I, I think uh, it's that, that part of um, Brian DeBolt's work is very impressive, and you can't take that away from him for sure. So Absolutely not. Um, but going into some of these other head coaching hires, um, one that, was, that actually happened last night as we were recording this, Doug Peterson. Uh, he got hired as the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach. And look, I think a lot of people have their opinions on Doug Peterson. I like Doug Peterson personally. Um, I just think that last, the, a couple of years ago when he was um, on his last year with the Eagles, I think there was just some tension between him and Jeffrey Laurie, the, the Eagles general manager. There was reports that came out, I believe in the athletic where they were treating him like a baby. They weren't letting him, make decisions and I think they were just kind of button heads so I think that kind of ended up weed into his firing 
I think the really the only thing that I, I that I worry about with Doug Peterson is how he's going to end up working with Trent Balky. I just don't understand how this guy is still the general manager of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know if you saw this, Noah, but so I believe Trent Balky is currently at the Senior Bowl, like looking at the upcoming prospects and stuff. But there's been rumors that he's been trying to find, a, trying to hire a guy who can kind of take over the day, day-to-day operations of the Jaguars. And I believe um, he wants he wants to do that just so he can work with the players more. And there's been a, there's been a couple of videos of like Trent Bulky like kind of getting really into it with like the coaching staff and like being like, oh, this is how you should do things. And I've seen him, there was a video of him like bumping into CJ Henderson, uh, a Jaguars defensive back who had like a hamstring injury while he was warming up. He like kicked him in the hamstring. So there's just, there's just a lot of question marks with Trent Bulky. And I just don't know how that relationship with him and Doug Peterson is going to work out. Um, I'm a little skeptical, skeptical about that, but I do think Doug Peterson is going to be great for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Doug Peterson got an MVP caliber season out of Carson Wentz. He made Nick Foles look really good in the Super Bowl in that playoff run. Uh, and I just, I just think that Doug Peterson is a guy that can works really well with quarterbacks. And I think that's going to really help Trevor Lawrence in that offense out. And look, the, I think the Jaguars are a really attractive spot. It just, it's just because of Trent Bulky, where I feel like coaches were kind of, you know, on pause. I think Byron Leftwich was a guy that they were really high on and he ended up not wanting to take the job because Trent Balky was still the general manager and he wanted, I believe, Adrian Wilson from the, the Cardinals to be his general manager. And the Jaguars weren't willing to do that. But I do like this hire. I think the Jaguars, look, they have a bunch of cap space. They have the number one overall pick and they have Trevor Lawrence. It's a very attractive job. It's just because Trent Balky is still there. And I really just wonder why he still is when he's just had a bad history with, how his relationships have been with other head coaches. I think a big reason why Jim Harbaugh and him butted heads was the same thing. Like he ended up just kind of coming onto the field and trying to coach the team himself and just not a great look. And I, I hope Doug Peterson doesn't have to run into that issue, but I do like the hire though from the Jaguars. And I think Doug Peterson will be good for Trevor Lawrence and good for this Jaguars offense who have some playmakers on this team that just did not get used in the correct way. Yeah, I definitely like Doug Peterson a lot. I mean, he won a Super Bowl. So there's it's not like he's some college coach that's had success that's walking in there. He's had a lot of success on this level. So I think it's it's a great hire for them. Uh, probably one of the better hires I've seen so far. I definitely like it a lot more than Byron Leftwich, if I'm honest with you. I think Leftwich has kind of, I, I mean, I don't know if I would really say or discredit what he's done with the Buccaneers, but he did have the greatest quarterback of all time. So with that being said, I really don't think that he deserves that much credit for what the Buccaneers have done, if I'm honest. Um, but mm-hmm. I would say the most intriguing out of every, anyone that I've seen yet is uh, Nathan Hackett, Nathaniel mm-hmm. Hackett with the Broncos, um, just because he was the Green Bay's offensive coordinator. And now, you know, there's been a lot of, a lot of comments about Aaron Rodgers going there, and this is definitely going to add fuel to the fire with all those rumors. So I would say this is probably one of the most intriguing ones for sure for me and uh 
I mean, I guess we're going to find out relatively soon if Aaron Rodgers is going to go there or not, because I don't think it's he's going to wait the entire offseason like he did last time. He already said that he's going to try and make his decision really quick of what he wants to do because, uh, you know, it wouldn't be fair to the Green Bay Packers or whatever he said. But um, I definitely do like this hire just because I think that they're all in on Aaron Rodgers and they're going to want him to go. But then again, if that for some reason or another doesn't work out, it's it's going to be interesting to see what um, Nathaniel Hackett can do on his own there. So I actually really like this hire. Um, I wasn't I I didn't love that the Broncos got rid of Vic Fangio because I actually think Vic Fangio is a good coach. Whoever gets Vic Fangio to be their defensive coordinator is their defense is going to be great because he just knows how to coach a defense. He knows how to get the best out of his defensive players. And I think he was really starting to get acclimated to this defensive unit that the Broncos have. They were playing really good, even without Von Miller. But um, look, Nathaniel Hackett, here's a quote from Aaron Rodgers. So we said this on the Pat McAfee show, I believe uh, a few weeks back. So, Pat McAfee asked him about Nathaniel Hackett getting the head coaching job with the Broncos. And this is what Aaron Rodgers had to say. So he said, this is a little overdue, to be honest. He's been around the game a long time. What he did in Jacksonville, I think, was pure magic, getting them within a quarter of the Super Bowl. He's a great coach. I love spending time with him. He's a fantastic teacher, and he's incredible in front of the room. Now, what he did with Jacksonville, if you don't know, he was, I believe, the offensive coordinator slash QB's coach. And... Blake Bortles had a 30 plus touchdown season. So he got a really good year out of Blake Bortles. And that says a lot to me. And when you hear Ann Rogers talk about Nathaniel Hackett in this kind of high regard, I think that's, uh, that says a lot. And like you said, Noah, the Denver Broncos are reportedly all in on require on acquiring Aaron Rodgers. They want him. And this is a, a move I think that directly says that they are all in on getting Aaron Rodgers. They just hired his guy, the guy that he's worked with for a long time now, I believe since 2019. uh, Nathaniel Hackett's gotten an MVP season out of Aaron Rodgers and maybe another MVP season out of Aaron Rodgers as well from this past season. So I just, it says a lot about Nathaniel Hackett. He seems like a guy who is fun to be around uh, based on how Aaron Rodgers said he's incredible in front of the room and a good teacher or fantastic teacher, I should say, says a lot about him. And I was really impressed mostly with just kind of the job he did in Jacksonville with Blake Bortles that one season um, says a lot, I think, in my opinion, to be able to get a quarterback like Blake Bortles to have, I believe it was like 35 touchdowns that season uh, where they made it all the way to the AFC championship game. So I do think Nathaniel Hackett, I think he's deserving of a head coaching job. We'll see if Aaron Rodgers can get there um, because even before Nathaniel Hackett was hired as the head coach, I think there was a lot of, there were rumors, you know, stirring up about Aaron Rodgers going to the Denver Broncos because of their need at quarterback and them being a really good team. But it should be interesting. This whole Brian Flores situation with the Broncos being involved in that. I don't know how, much that might affect um, Aaron Rodgers' Aaron Rodgers's decision to go there. But I do think that Nathaniel Hackett can get the job done. And he was someone I was pretty high on uh, when, he, when his name started getting uh, tossed around to be an NFL head coach. And now he's got one with the Denver Broncos. And let's see if Aaron Rodgers kind of follows him.
And uh, lastly, what, what do you think about Kevin O'Connell? So, yeah, Kevin O'Connell, um, he was – so he's currently the Rams' offensive coordinator, um, and he's going to be hired as the Minnesota Vikings head coach as soon as the Super Bowl is over. So I think it's interesting to note, Noah, teams have requested, I think, last season to interview Kevin O'Connell, and Sean McVay said no. Like, he denied – teams to interview him so that says something to me because that says that that Kevin O'Connell is a big part of this Rams offensive game plan I understand like kind of Sean McVay is at the forefront and he's probably calling most of the plays but Kevin O'Connell has a lot to do with that game plan executing that game plan and establishing that game plan and he's someone who uh, the Vikings were reportedly blown away with um they even that even had them choose him over Jim Harbaugh which if you remember Jim Harbaugh had an interview with the Minnesota Vikings as well and I think with Harbaugh he kind of assumed that he was getting the Minnesota Vikings head coaching job and I think he was just surprised that he didn't get the job um I think he kind of went into that interview and kind of thought to himself well I'm gonna go in here and they're just gonna be like you got the job he never ended up getting it and the Vikings were just blown away with Kevin O'Connell. And I think that just says a lot about him, him and the new Vikings general manager. I'm not going to, not even going to attempt to pronounce his name, but they both work together. um, I believe in San Francisco and they're both analytics guys. So I think you kind of have a connection there where they're both going to be at the same mindset and the mind will, you know, work together to help the Minnesota Vikings out. So I don't completely hate the the, the hire of Kevin O'Connell. Um, obviously, the Sean McVay head coaching tree has been kind of successful. Uh, Zach Taylor's in the Super Bowl versus in Sean McVay. He comes from the Sean McVay coaching tree. So I believe even Matt, uh, Matt before might have even came from the Sean McVay head coaching tree as well. So it just it kind of says a lot, um, you know, that Sean McVay was like, oh, you guys want to interview him last year? I'm denying that request because I need him. I need this guy. And now obviously with the Rams having success, I think he was just like, well, I think he's earned his right to be an NFL head coach. And now he's with the going to be with the Minnesota Vikings. So hopefully that works out and the Vikings have a good offense. They have Kirk cousins, who I think is still a good NFL quarterback, solid, solid NFL quarterback. Um, you have one of the best young receivers in football and Justin Jefferson, you have Dalvin cook. So there's a lot to work with there for Kevin O'Connell. And I do like this hiring. And I do think that the Vikings are going to really rely on analytics when it comes to their drafting decisions and some of their offensive play calling and, you know, decisions on fourth down, third down decisions. And yeah, I think they're really going to, I really do think this was a good hire though for the Vikings. This is actually a perfect segue because the, the, team that he's came from is obviously in the Super Bowl now yeah. I mean the Rams and uh, they were able to beat the 49ers successfully I mean there was a few a few plays there that really did change the outcome of the game I mean there was that one ball which was uh it's been kind of going viral where it was almost like a gift that Matthew Stafford gave to the 49ers and that could have essentially sealed the game for them if they ended up going down the field but then again with Jimmy Garoppolo that is a, a stretch to ask so I don't know that would have happened, but, um, you know, there was a few missed opportunities there for the 49ers, a few missed opportunities again for the Rams, but it really just came down to, to the grind at the end of the game. 
And uh, the 49ers really had this game. For the, the vast majority of the game, they were up. I believe they had a 10-point uh, lead, if I'm not mistaken. It might have been more than that. I, I, I actually forgot. I believe so, yeah. But um, it goes to say 49ers had a heck of a season going all the way to the NFC championship game, despite the fact that I, I don't want to put all the blame on Jimmy Garoppolo. But, I mean, in the playoffs, like, he did not play well the last few weeks of the season. Oh. He did not play well. Overall, he, he's a solid quarterback, good enough to at least be considered a starter for, for somebody next year. However, you know, definitely not going to be the 49ers starter next year. I would, I would be highly surprised if that's the case now. But uh, I, I said in last show that I think if he scores, if he gets three touchdowns, I think they win this game. He had two. So he came up just short. They ultimately lost by three points. This playoff run by the 49ers has been crazy just to see what they've been able to do. But the Rams just really shut down their run game. Um, to put it in perspective, Debo Samuels had only 26 yards on seven rushes. And um, also Eli Mitchell had 11 rushes and 20 yards. So they really shut it down there. They really made Jimmy Garoppolo throw. And he, he played um, a so-so game, barely completing 50% of his passes. He did get a good amount of yards in, did get two touchdowns, but then again, wasn't enough to uh, win the game and wasn't able to lead his team down the field when they needed it. So that's really what it came down to is the Rams defense and Stafford doing literally just enough for them to win the game. Yeah. Um, even if you, so I don't know if you saw Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, press conference that he had, but from how he was saying it, it seemed like it was a goodbye of sorts, the 49ers. So I kind of think that he thinks that this is it for him with the 49ers. And I mean, he's going to be on the trading block. There's going to be teams that I think will show some interest in Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback. Um, we'll see who, who those teams might be, but for the 49ers, look, they were one of the hottest teams in the NFL. They were coming into this, these playoffs where their team was just healthy. They were playing like the team that we expected them to be. And they just kind of, you know, when it, when it came to the, the NFC championship game, Jimmy Garoppolo just didn't get the job done. And that's something where we've seen that a lot from Jimmy Garoppolo. And I, I do think that this is it for him with the 49ers. It just seems, it seems like that. It seems like that with his, uh, the, the press conference that he had, um, he was kind of like, you know, thank you to everybody, to my teammates, all that. Um, you know, kind of almost like a goodbye. It's what it sounded like. So we'll see where, who he, where he ends up going. I do think he's gone. But to talk about the Rams, I'm, I'm happy for Matthew Stafford. I know you're a Lions fan, so you might have a different opinion or you might be on the same wavelength as me. But that guy, he came up big again. And he came up big again in a, another big spot in the NFC Championship game. Him and Cooper Cup. Well, Cooper Cup is just, he is inserting himself as a top five wide receiver in the NFL, I think, right now. He is, he is just showing up when it matters the most, and he just seems unstoppable at this point, and he just came up huge on third downs. There was a lot of, a lot of Cooper Cup's production, I think, came from third down. I think he had like 100 yards receiving from on third down plays. So he came up big, and Matthew Stafford, again, came up big. He's been playing fantastic, and the Rams... They're back in the spot. And I said last week, I said the, the 49ers are going to have to rely on Jimmy Garoppolo to come up big for them. And he just quite couldn't do that um, in this game. And 
now the Rams are back in the Super Bowl again. Matthew Stafford's got his first Super Bowl appearance. Uh, he's been playing again, like I said, great in the playoffs. And, you know, good for the Rams. They're going up against the Bengals, which we'll probably get into next. But I do think this is it for Jimmy Garoppolo with the 49ers. Um, I think this is it for him. They drafted Trey Lance for a reason. They, they, they feel like that they, they feel like that Jimmy Garoppolo isn't that quarterback for the future. They traded a, a picks to, to move up and get him at number three. And I, I do think we'll see Trey Lance as the, the starting quarterback for the 49ers next season. So just to make something clear, you know, you said that maybe I had a different opinion as a, as a Lions fan. I actually don't. I'm, I'm thrilled for him. I think this nice. is a great Super Bowl for a Lions fan, I, especially for a Lions fan. I think this is a great Super Bowl. The reason being is because Stafford's there and you had a team that had the worst record in the NFL two seasons ago in the Bengals who are now in the Super Bowl. So as a Lions fan, man, this is actually giving me a ton of hope for the future. This Super Bowl specifically, I think this is something that or one of the least predictable games that we've seen in a long time. I mean, I, the Rams, yeah, probably a bunch of people had prior to the season that they were going to be in the Super Bowl, but the Bengals, uh, they definitely were not in anybody's or very, very, very few people's uh, top five, six best teams in the AFC, let alone a Super Bowl appearance. So to see this, this is awesome for that franchise as well. But uh, one last thing about Matthew Stafford, it's like as a Lions fan, I think about it and I'm like, what what really would have been his season if he was at the Lions? Like he wills them to eight, seven, eight, nine games. They miss the playoffs. And then, you know, and then they, they trade him essentially for the 2023 season, 2022, yeah. 2023 season. So there really was no no better outcome for the Lions. Uh, so I, I have no, no, no resentment against Matthew Stafford at all. I think he did everything he could for them in his tenure with the Lions. And also, we got quite a bit back from him. Uh, we did get two first-round picks, one of them this year, one of them next year, I believe. And we also got back Jared Goff. So it, overall, I do think it was a good trade, and we weren't going to get any more back for him. So I'm, I'm happy for him, and I – I'm torn on who to root for, to be honest, because a piece of me wants to see Matthew Stafford win. But, man – Joe Burrow is just, he's, he's a, he's a class act, you know, watching his yep. interviews after the game, it just, it seems like he's a real person, you know, and he's always like, man, this is crazy. I can't believe we're here. Like we work so hard. Like he'll just tell like these little stories about, well, his kicker, right. Who, who came out on the field and he was just like, yeah, this is game right here. It's over. You know, I'm, I'm going to win it right now. And like, he'll just tell these stories where I feel like the average quarterback will just give like very basic answers and they'll be like, yeah, it's big. We're looking forward to the next game, you know, but he kind of goes on these, like these rants a little bit. And I kind of, I kind of like that a lot as a, you know, as somebody that likes getting into the heart of football and what's really going on. So, but man, what are your thoughts on the Bengals making it, bro? Cause this is some big, 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 uh, big Cinderella stuff for the NFL, huge Cinderella story. The Bengals have a, so, Prior to this, the playoff starting, the Bengals hadn't won a playoff game since 1991. So it's been like 31 years since they've won a playoff game. And now they've won three games. They're in the Super Bowl. Now, I remember we were talking about it during the season. You know, the Bengals, I think, had lost the Jets. And we were like, is this Bengals team, are they frauds? Are they a team that's, you know, that we still have to worry about. And you know, are, they, are they a team that, you know, could still make it to the playoffs to do all these things. But I stuck with them. I was like, this team, I think, has something. They have a really explosive offense. They have a lot of young, great pieces on this team. And I think they're just playing with a lot of confidence. They are playing with supreme confidence right now. I, I love it. I think this is a team that I think is kind of, like you said, the Cinderella story. They just seem destined to win the whole thing. 
Joe Burrow has just kind of ignited a the, igni- just ignited some some confidence into this team. Like we're dude, two years ago, the Bengals were a two win team. They were they won two games two years ago. They drafted Joe Burrow. Burrow had a so-so rookie season. Then he tears his ACL, and the Bengals only have four wins. They draft Jamar Chase, and, you know, they make – another thing that I think the Bengals, a lot of people underrate them with is their free agency class was fantastic. They brought in a lot of great pieces to, the, you know, their to their defense, and a lot of those guys have been stepping up huge for them. Um, and they've just – they just seem like the team of destiny right now. They're playing really good football, a lot of confidence. To go into to go into Arrowhead and to be Patrick Mahomes and come back down from I believe it was eighteen to twenty points. I think maybe twenty one points they were down uh, by at one point in this game. I think it's just incredible. This team kind of has that never quit, never say never attitude, and they just have the confidence that they can beat anybody. And they've proven they've proven all of us wrong. Like I, I we both picked the Chiefs to win last week because they were like we were like there's no way that they're going to be able to stop this Patrick Mahomes-led offense. There's no way that Joe Burrow is, is, is going to be able to be protected with Chris Jones pressuring from the interior. Uh, there's no way that he's going to be able to keep up with this Chiefs offense. But the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes did not have a great second half. I think he, I think he might have even been the reason why they lost this game, uh, just because of his poor second half performance. He was just doing things that weren't, characteristic of Patrick Mahomes and I think the Bengals really adjusted well but the Bengals are what a, what a story for them you know I think there were 125 to 1 preseason odds to make it to the Super Bowl here they are now in the big game going up against the Rams and it the Bengals just seem like the team of destiny right now and it's just it's hard to bet against them it's it's hard to keep betting against them when they just prove everybody wrong all the time and Joe Burrow this guy Two years ago, he's been doing this for like just think about his resume in two years. He led LSU to an undefeated season and won the national championship game where he threw for 60 touchdowns and six interceptions that season, won the Heisman Trophy, gets picked number one overall, has a you know a rough rookie season, gets tears his ACL. But now he's taken the Bengals again to, to the Super Bowl. Like this guy's had a crazy resume for only being, you know being a star really for two to three years and it's incredible what he's been able to do and it's incredible how he's just changed the culture of this team and this Bengals team definitely seems like the team of destiny and I'm going to be really looking forward to this Super Bowl I think we're going to be on Pombo and Peter's picks this week so we'll talk about it more then and obviously we'll do a podcast before then but it's just it's it's exciting and I, I really like this matchup for the NFL um, I know people are looking forward to like seeing Patrick Mahomes back in the Super Bowl, but it's something different. It's the Bengals. It's it's a team that I think a lot of people can get behind with. Um, with and I think a lot of people can get behind the Rams too, with Matthew Stafford hoping that he can finally overcome the odds and get his Super Bowl. It's a good Super Bowl matchup, and I'm just really looking forward to it. I think it's a big letdown by the Chiefs. And it's definitely a disappointment for their season. I mean, it's inexcusable. When you have the ball on the five-yard line with a minute 30 second left, you have all your timeouts. The Bengals, I believe, had one timeout left. And all you had to do was get into the end zone and you win the game. Or at least try to put the clock down. Uh, Bengals call their timeout and then, you know, just run it into the end zone or throw it into the end zone and that's game. 
But uh, the, the Bengals somehow defined the odds here because when I think everybody, anybody that had a proper football mind thought, yeah, you know, this game's over. Patrick Mahomes is going to win it right here. Uh, minute 30 left. Uh, they're on the Bengals five. This is game. But the, the Bengals defense played good, man. Like, I did not expect that to happen. They, they sacked uh, Patrick Mahomes. And then I don't know what Patrick Mahomes was doing in this play. He had like a 20-yard loss, 17-yard loss, and a little chip shot field goal turned into, I believe, a 44, 45-yard field goal uh, just to tie the game at the end of regulation. And uh, then obviously through the interception and overtime, and as you're saying, I mean, this loss, I do believe, has a lot of blame with Patrick Mahomes um, because, I mean, the defense came out and they played fairly well. They were able to contain – Joe Burrow um, more times than not, but when it really mattered most, Joe Burrow stepped up. He had two big runs to really elevate the Bengals. Without those two runs, I think he had to run like, I think it was like 10 yards, one of them, and like 13 yards, another one to get first downs. And he was able to do that on third down twice, and that really propelled them to this victory. And uh, Patrick Mahomes, he couldn't do it. So, uh, I mean, for me, I'm going to say this Super Bowl, I'm, I'm going to go with the Bengals just because I can't bet against them a third straight, a fourth straight time and uh, in my right mind after how they've been playing. So they won me over. I'm going to go Bengals. Ooh, we're giving Super Bowl picks. I have to think about it because I'm not completely sure yet. But to go back to your point about um, the Chiefs, I think a lot of people are going to overreact to this loss and people are going to be like, this is a hit on Patrick Mahomes' legacy. I don't think so. I think what he's been able to do, you know, since he's been in the NFL has been super impressive. And, you know, he's got a Super Bowl championship. He's got an MVP award. He's taken to the team, he's taken his team to the Super Bowl, what was it, three times? Or I'm sorry, two times in a row he took his team to the Super Bowl. Uh, they've been in the conference championship every time he's been the starting quarterback of the, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh He's been able to, you know, be really successful. And I think a lot of people are going to look at this performance and be like, this is a huge hit on his legacy. But granted, his second half was not great. Um, His second half he had, so first half of the game, he had thrown for 18 completions, 21, or he he threw 21 passes, completed 18 of them. He had 220 passing yards and three touchdown passes, right? Second half, he was 18 for 18. 55 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. And he could have thrown uh, a pick six to end, to end the game in overtime, but I think Eli Apple dropped it. Like Patrick Mahomes was not playing good at all. Um, it wasn't great. And I think the Bengals defense does deserve some credit. Patrick Mahomes was kind of running around and do, kind, trying to kind of do too much, I think. And he just, it costed his team a lot with, you know, bad throws and just kind of taking too many bad sacks and, there's just a lot of those types of things happening, but the Bengals, like I was saying earlier with their free agent class, like they signed Eli Apple as a free agent. They signed Jadobi Awuzie as a free agent. They brought in Trey Hendrickson as a free agent, Mike Hilton as a free agent. Uh, they brought in Larry Ogunjobi, who I think is now on IR, but he was a big part of their defensive line stopping the run. Like the Bengals had a, a home run free agency class. And those, all those guys that I mentioned have been big parts of their defense. DJ readers, a guy who's been there. He's been a guy who's been fantastic in the run in the run rush defense for this team. And the Cincinnati Bengals had a great free agency class, obviously a really good draft with Jamar chase. Who's, you know, a second team all pro in his rookie season and broke every single rookie receiving record there is um, besides receptions, obviously Jalen Waddle did that, but 
it's just it's really impressive. I guess if I if I had to give a pick now, oh man, it's hard to bet against the Bengals because they've just been able to overcome the odds every single week. I just I worry. I know this is an excuse that we've kind of always used, but I just really worry about this offensive line for the Bengals. They are not good. They got they get Aaron Donald, they get Von Miller, they get Leonard Floyd. That's going to be a problem. Those guys are going to have a field day. And the Rams, you see the Rams, the, saw the Rams defense against uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the in the divisional round. They were coming after Tom Brady. Like there was nothing that they could do to stop you know uh von miller from beating donovan smith there was nothing they could do to stop aaron donald on that backup right tackle like that's going to be a problem i think and i know joe burrow has kind of overcome those odds all the time i just think the rams are a better team on paper i'm gonna hate myself for this but i think i'm gonna take the rams if the Bengals win again um (laughs) I'm going to be unproven wrong once again, but I think the Rams are going to win. I don't think the Bengals have an answer for Cooper cup. Uh, I just think that Jalen Ramsey, another thing too, he'll be on Jamar chase. I think I would probably take Jalen Ramsey to win that matchup most of the time. So you're going to have to look to other guys like T Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon. That's another big part of this team. And they were able to run the ball effectively against the chiefs. Saw what the Rams did against the 49ers rushing attack. They're going to be in on Joe Mixon too. So it's going to really depend on Joe Burrow. I know the Bengals defense has been playing great, but I'm going to take the Rams. I think it's going to be a close game. I'm going to say the final score, it would be like 24 to 20, something like that. I'm going to go 27-24, you know, because why not? I mean, it feels like all these games are decided by three points, so I'm going to just throw that one out there. But – uh you want to actually like cut it at around now because I was thinking about doing the trade deadline, but you know, we've gone almost, I think it's almost an hour now. I want to say, yeah, we can, we can do like a, like a trade special after the deadline, if you want. Yeah, we could do that. All right, cool. Cool. All right. You want, you want to wrap it up or. Um, I'll wrap it up. Sure. All right, cool. Yeah, so I think that's about it for this week's episode of Rough in the Basket. Thank you guys so much for listening to Rough in the Basket this week. You guys can follow us on Twitter at Rough the Basket. You can follow us on Instagram at Rough in the Basket. You can follow me on Twitter at bcar underscore 13. And you can follow Noah on the Instagram at nburnt37. Noah, what do you got to say to the people? I got nothing this week, man. I'm happy for Matthew Stafford, uh, you know, Lions uh, prodigy at one point, and now he's in the Super Bowl. So, shame it wasn't with the Lions, but, hey, man, hats off to him. I'm proud of him. And he's not picking the Rams. So, thank you guys so much for listening this week, and we will see you guys next week. Peace out. Peace out.